Hi, my name is Kerry Craig, Global Market Strategist based in Australia, and I will be your host for this episode of On Investors Minds APAC edition. Uh, thank you for giving us a few minutes of your time today. Podcast usual host, Tai Hui, will be back in the next episode, but for today I'll be providing our initial thoughts on the July Fed meeting and our expectation for the policy path rate from here. Now, as expected, the Fed raised rates by an additional 25 basis points to a target range of 525 to 5.5%, and the market had almost 100% priced this rate hike in leading into the two-day Fed meeting. Now, as such, the focus was always going to be on the press conference from Jerome Powell uh, and their interpretation of what to expect from here. Taking a step back, though, it is worth remembering that in June, the Fed kept the policy rate unchanged, but at that time, half of the Fed's FOMC members expected two more rate hikes in 2023, according to the dot plot that was released in June. Now, given this, there would have been little benefit in the Fed purveying anything other than a hawkish lean in their commentary and really maintaining that stance that more could be done if warranted. Now, the official statement was pretty much a carbon copy of what we got last month, uh, and there was no real new evidence there to point towards where the Fed may be going. However, the comments during the press conference from Chair Powell were much more balanced around that inflation and growth outlook uh, and could be interpreted as being a little bit more dovish than the actual official statement. Now, doing so provides the Fed with some optionality as it has the chance to digest those two more inflation reports and two more job reports before the next meeting in September. Uh, it could also use the Jackson Hole Summit in August to set the market expectations for what might happen at that September meeting and the release of a new set of economic forecasts. But the data dependency stated by the Fed today is also a reminder that the officials are looking for not just lower inflation, but also a softer labour market, and that's to really help step back from its tightening bias. Now, our view is that you are going to continue to see uh, non-farm payrolls come down and you will see that softness come through in the labour market uh, and some of the more cyclical parts of the indicators for the labour market are starting to show that starting to happen. If you look at the sequential decline in non-farm payrolls over the last few months, it definitely shows a downward trend. But given this, our view is that this rate hike we've got today should mark the last in this cycle, uh, but the rate cuts in 2023 are really unlikely to come through unless we see an economic outlook that deteriorates sharply. Now, so far, the economic data from the US continues to show an economy that is bending rather than breaking, and a slightly wider path around that soft landing narrative for the economy. Indeed, uh, Chair Powell noted that the Fed staff baseline forecast is no longer for a recession. However, when we think about what the Fed is really looking at, they are concerned with not just the level of where inflation is, but also the pace at which it's inflated, uh, falling. And so that progress coming through from coming down from close to 9% to 3% is certainly positive in terms of that level, but thinking about from 3% down to 2% and how quickly that comes through may keep the Fed on its toes and be ready to hike again if that does disappoint in terms of those disinflationary pressures. Now, the reaction of the market has been relatively muted, given it was widely expected. And more broadly, if we look at the past few months, the equity market has been sort of cheering the better than expected growth uh, and the lower than expected inflation numbers that have come out of the US. And however, when we look at the US equity market, we do see some quality in the companies that are coming through there and biased towards the US when we think about a global equity allocation. However, we're also very conscious of the 
equity re-rating we've seen in the US market and the move higher in valuations as well as the narrowness in that rally. And so we are going to continue to exercise a degree of caution when it comes to thinking about equity allocation. We maintain a bias for quality, but also a bias towards international diversification when thinking about equity markets at the moment, uh, looking towards Japan and Europe as well. Similarly, we see that uh, being applied to what we think about in the bond market. Obviously, we have yields in the US which have moved higher. We're thinking about the potential for them to be more of a diversifier in the portfolio should we get uh, an outlook that says the Fed is done, or a protection in the portfolio should we get uh, a more severe economic outcome that leads to a recession and those bond yields start to fall. Because of that diversification benefit that is there now in the fixed income market that wasn't available to us in 2022 when inflation was the issue, um, it does mean you can lean a little bit more into the equity side of things. This is not an overly bullish call on the equity market. We still have those concerns, but a little bit more reflective of the balanced risks around the economy in terms of that soft landing and those fading recession risks in the near term. So for us, it is a case of that bias and quality across core government bonds, but also into investment grade, where we do see uh, the market having uh, some potential to continue to perform there. So in sum, we think this should mark the end of the rate hiking cycle, but the Fed wants to keep the door open as it's assessing incoming data before the next meeting. Now, we recognise the recession risks in the near term for the US economy have faded, but they are still above what may be considered an average level, creating a more finely balanced view around a recession or a soft landing. Now, given the strength of the market rally and the move higher in valuations, uh, as well as some of the caution around earnings, we are going to keep that uh, quality bias when thinking about asset allocation at this time. Thank you for listening. If you did enjoy this podcast, please share this with your friends or colleagues and also consider subscribing so that you get notified whenever a new episode is released. If there are topics of interest for you, please reach out to your JP Morgan Asset Management representative. This content is intended for information only, based on assumptions in current market conditions, and are subject to change. No warranty of accuracy is given. This content does not contain sufficient information to support investment decisions. It is not to be construed as research, legal, regulatory, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Investments involve risks. Investors should seek professional advice or make an independent evaluation before investing. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate, including loss of capital. Past performance and yield are not indicative of current or future results. Forecasts and estimates may or may not come to pass. JP Morgan Asset Management is the asset management business of JP Morgan Chase and Company and its affiliates worldwide.